<laughs> and hello. Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. We got the locks automatically engaged, rumbling down Allentown Road South in Black Betty. My friend, a 5.7 liter Ram. Saturday, slept in a little bit. Today's the, uh, the 19th. Yes, the 19th of February, 2022. Was able to sleep in a little bit. Was able to stay up a little bit late. Watch some Walking Dead. You know how I enjoy that, right? Yes, I do. So, I got a podcast. I think it's going to be interesting today. like to talk about a parallel that I perceive between the the Olympics and what's going on right now in Russia slash Ukraine, that whole conflict that threatens to drag the world into it. That would be a bummer, right? So, here's what we got. So, seems to me we have this, the coming together of people during a very precarious time, right? The time of the COVID cooties. Coming together of people, of athletes, of viewers across the world who would like to see their favorite athletes from their their own country and others, but mostly there, it's a nationalistic sort of thing, right? We want to see people perform, but we're always rooting for the home team. Yes, yes. Or our country. But, so we have friendly competition. It's fierce competition. You know, it's competitive, highly, highest levels of sport, of athleticism on display. So it's a very special thing. It only comes every, what, four years? the 2022 Olympics, despite the COVID cooties, it proceeds, and you know, not without a bunch of hang-ups, but the biggest one that that I have uh, knowledge of is this whole thing with the Russian figure skaters. So, pardon me if there are any inaccuracies here, but from what I have read in multiple news articles, is that this... um, Valieva, Camila Valieva, wherever the fuck, however the fuck you pronounce it. She is skating, figure skating, for the Russian Olympic Committee. They call it that, of course, because the Russians were banned from competition as a country. Alright? They cannot, I believe, they cannot... Their national anthem is not heard, and their flag does not go up. So they are competing on a technicality because they cheated, all right? They had doping authorized from the highest levels of their government. Apparently, there is a uh, a documentary, which you have any interest in this sort of scandalous stuff, you you should check it out. It's called... Icarus, all right? Basically, this guy, I mentioned this in a previous podcast, they had this high-level scientist 
impeccable credentials. He's Russian when during the Sochi Olympics, however long ago. He, I believe it was last the last Olympics, right? Or two ago, I don't know. He fucking was run the whole show, state-of-the-art facilities and equipment, and you're never going to escape. We're going to ensure that nobody who's doping is going to be able to compete. And these are all, you know, they had everything, like, organized, and they're, they're touting this guy and this program, this anti-doping program, as, you know, a really positive thing. It's going to hold ethics in place, morals in place, Olympic standards in place, so that athletes could compete fairly. Only it was a bunch of bullshit because basically, at the for all the tech, technical uh, apparatus, anti-doping apparatus that this guy threw at um, the Sochi Olympics, he was essentially swapping the piss. He would go in himself, or you know, his direct underlings, ordered by the government, just go and swap the piss. So he somehow access after hours and they had this kind of low-tech, comparatively low-tech scheme where we're just going to take the clean fucking, we're going to take the dirty samples from our athletes and we're going to swap them with clean ones so that the Russian athletes could compete with an unfair advantage. This guy couldn't live with it. He decided to turn evidence, and he found a journalist with a sympathetic ear and cracked the whole thing wide open. The guy basically testified, this is what happened, and he's got evidence of that, and he now lives in the United States. He defected, I believe. So, great documentary, and it, it lays the whole thing out. So now you have the Beijing Olympics here, and Valieva was found to have not one, but three cardiac or heart medications that she was taking. Maybe, you know, she said it was her grandfather's fucking prescription that she must have inadvertently taken. Taking a little bit of a grandpa's old cough medicine. You shut your mouth if you knew it was good for you, you pumpkin pie hair cutted freak. You know, that's what I was dumb and dumber right there. So, yeah, grandpa's old cough medicine, that old gag. You're gonna, you're gonna tell us. You think expect us to believe that you took your grandfather's medication? Now, stranger things have happened, but it seems a little bit unlikely. And you took three of them? Are you a fucking idiot? So she, and and the rules are the rules. You cannot. You are forbidden to have these substances in your body. However, they get there. You know whether it was there was malicious intent or. Everything was on the up and up. You can't be doing that shit. You can't compete if you do. So this was discovered and reported on after she won the gold in the the team skating event or whatever. They won the gold. She had a fucking flawless technique, flawless um, routine. She looked awesome. People were saying, the commentators, uh, 
Tara Lipinski and the other gentleman there, Johnny Weir, were saying that that was she's probably the greatest figure skater they've ever seen on the ice. Just high praise from two Olympians, yes? Well, that's all well and good, but she cheated, apparently. So she's not clean. And, you know, they were really, you know, in an uproar about it. You know, quite uh, quite um, up in arms about this violation and that she shouldn't have been out on the ice. They let her out on the ice, I guess, because they didn't want to hurt her feelings. Because she's 15 years old, she's a minor, and... You know, we don't want it. It could be irreparable. It could cause irreparable damage to her mental well-being. So we're going to let her compete in the Olympic final, the, the singles. But if she happens to medal, then nobody's going to get a medal until they complete this investigation. So this goes on and on. There's all kinds of attacks on the coaches and you know Russia and. And you can't blame people, can you? Because they fucking basically... It's been proven that they're fucking dopers. They've been doing this for a long time. I'm not saying Americans have not. But... You cheat motherfuckers. Anybody who cheats... Should be banned from competition. Just like the rules say. Yeah, you're going to try to have... You're going to have people who are going to... You know... They're going to try to test that, try to push the borders, try to deceive the, and beat the tests, and if everybody's doing it, maybe that's what they feel they have to do, you know, we talked about this a while back with the, uh, famously, the, um, Lance Armstrong fiasco, right, oh, I never took, I never took anything ever, and fucking people that, you know, took the same, very same drugs and riding right next to him, refuted that and said, listen, motherfucker, don't tell me, don't try to act like you never did any of this stuff and it's everybody else. You're cleaner than clean. You did it too. I was right fucking there with you. Now you're going to be exposed. So I don't know. I don't know about this Olympic stuff. You know, I, I had somebody, I had a patient come in the other day, young man, and he said something about the Super Bowl. He said, yeah, you know, uh, good game, you know, I wanted the Bengals to win, but it was a good game, and yeah, the penalties towards the end was a little crazy, and the refs, yeah, they're trying to make sure the sport's better, they, they beat the spread, they make the spread, or whatever, I don't even know what that means, necessarily, I guess, it, it, but he said, I think it's it was rigged, he goes, I, th- I think everything's rigged, I think everything is rigged these days, okay, well, sometimes I feel that way, too. I wonder in this cold, cruel world if there's ever any advantage from doing the right thing, from from living and operating with integrity. You know, I think we're all guilty of a little white lie every now and then, or um, what's a good example of that? I'm a small businessman, you know did fairly well last year. My accountant says, all right, you need to spend some money before the end of the year because you want to make sure your tax situation is favorable. I don't want to give my money to the IRS 
wouldn't you rather invest in your business? So this is fair. This is a thing that everybody does. But it's a little bit, little bit weird. A little bit sus. To the point where, you know, you won't find a tax professional that will tell you outright, oh yeah, you need to, you know, oh, you better do something because otherwise you have to pay all this in taxes. Meanwhile, the IRS, they certainly take more than their share. So that's an example of it. Or let's say you're late for an appointment and you say, oh yeah, you know, I, oh, the traffic out there. It wasn't necessarily traffic. You didn't get in the car until fucking, you know, five minutes to the appointment and now you're 10 minutes late. It's you. You're always late. So it's not, you know what I mean? I, I deal with this in, in my work. Patients whom I love, you know, most of whom show up on time, but there's, there's some that you know, you, you never believe them because they always have the same fucking excuses. You need to unfuck yourself. You need to, don't lie about it, take ownership of it, and kill this demon. You know? So, it's a very interesting thing. These, the integrity of this world, of this country, of the games. And also, let's think about this, okay? I'm talking, that's, that's, you know, um, your average Joe stuff. That's freaking, you know, Lance Corporal Banats. Just some civilian or some freaking non-rate, some average Joe that, you know, he's a sinner. She's a sinner. We're all sinners, they say, right? So you can't really fault, you know, a poor slob down the street for just trying to get by in life. That's called survival, in a way. But on the world stage, we have these events happening, with the, like the Olympics, and the integrity is in question for the Olympics now. And what about the war that we are on the, you know, doorstep potentially of? Over in uh, Russia, Ukraine. You know, what is there integrity, suspect integrity there? Of course. Why in the year 2022 do we really need to go to war? Is it a smart thing? We've got an unstable global, you know, society. Due to this pandemic. Alright, we've got economic woes. We've got all kinds of, of issues. And you're always going to have problems between states and countries and all this shit. Disagreements. But is it in anybody's best interest to even posture about war? To even pretend that it's a, a good idea to invade another country, as Russia is you know, suggesting it might do with Ukraine. And we're going to get into it. You know, the whole world can become dragged into this. And it's, I can't see an upside, to be honest. So I don't understand why the powers that be, the people that are running this, this country, these countries, and this world. I mean, Russia is the primary antagonist here. I can't imagine why they think that this is something that, that is, is sensible. You know, I had a, uh, 
one of my mentors back in the Marine Corps day. He was great, man. I loved him. He taught me so well. He trained me so hard. But he would say, regarding combat operations, he would say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying hard enough. So you get tricky. You deceive. This isn't like, you know, sit Neil Ben stand and fire your muskets like the British tried to do with the settler with the, uh, you know, during the Revolutionary War. And then we sniped all their asses. This is... You go and do whatever you got to do. You play dirty. If it it's between, you know, me dying and the enemy dying, it's going to be fucking the enemy, man. And I don't care what I got to do to make that happen. There's no rules. No rules of engagement. We try to pretend that there are, but those things are tested all the time. Are those violations of integrity, or is this amount just a survival? So I can't help but see the hypocrisy as an adult, you know, of 47 years coming up this week. I can't help but notice the hypocrisy of societies, of politicians, of leaders, the world around. And I can't help but draw a parallel between things like the Olympic Games and fair play when compared with things like, you know, economies and, you know, war fighting and competition in the marketplace, competition uh, between these societies, these, you know, prominent nations out there. Competition is a healthy thing, they say, right? But, I don't know. It's just a, just a fucking shitstorm. I find it very interesting, very peculiar as well. You know, if it's if it is um, a fact that this young lady, this Russian fifteen-year-old, that everybody's regarding as this poor little girl, um, if it is a fact that she knowingly doped, then I say treat her like an, any other Olympian. She shouldn't be able to compete. Just that's it. These are the tests. All right, you pop positive. We're going to test you again. All right, you, the rules are you can't have any of these substances in your body. You understand that, right? You knew this, yes? How many times have you been tested before? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot that we don't appreciate, but I do know this much that, you know, as an athlete who's competing on these very high stages, you know what the fucking, you know, what the consequences are. You know that you can be tested at any time. And if you're not clean, then you run the risk of being banned or suspended or whatever, you know. And if you're okay with all the work you put in being nullified or negated or um, slighted, disrespected, because you had to take some substance that's going to give you some minor edge. I mean, how much of an edge is it really going to give that that Russian girl. How much of an edge did she really need? 
I know that the you know the difference between winner and loser in the Olympics is oftentimes a very slim margin. So arguably, you do whatever you can do, any advantage you can get, the best training, the best equipment. You know, I get it. But if we have still standards, and if we have rules in society, we have to hold people accountable to them or societies will break down. And then the Olympics, you know, nobody wants to watch the Olympics anymore. Nobody's interested in it anymore. It's just a crazy world. When I think about, again, maybe this, maybe I'm naive, but when I think about these countries that are at each other's throats, that they're at war, that there's 150,000 Russian troops uh, positioned with all their equipment around Ukraine, like they're going to come and they're going to invade a country. We're really invading countries at this point. I mean, we used to invade uh, recently, you know, third, third world countries. We don't fight, uh, you know, the friggin' 9-11, most of the 9-11 attackers were Saudis, yes? Bin Laden certainly was. We go into Afghanistan because they were like, caught, you know, allowing them to lease land to train on or something like that. So that's the battlefield. We're going to go into Afghanistan and root these people out in the mountains and you know, kill them and get a bunch of our people killed and just a fucking quite the ball, quite the ball of wax, you know. It's like <laughs> crazy analogy, but it's like dirt biking. You know, when I was a kid, we grow go out into the um, into the pine barrens and you could ride anywhere, man. You could you could get in. All those little sandy trails and, and, and tear ass around and do whatever the fuck you wanted. That changed over the years and you can't do it anymore. So people have to, you know, resort to illegally, you know, finding or there's a few places where you can go and pay money to ride. Um, but it's like there's not a lot of land, there's not a lot of places where you can actually uh, wage war anymore. So you go to these godforsaken places in the desert or the jungle. And you, you know, villainize these uh, often impoverished people who are propped up by another side, by another rich country, rich nation. And we, may, we call these people names and we villainize them so it's easier for us to kill them and take what we want. Nobody's going to say anything about it. You know, Afghanistan, Iraq, Yemen. You know, you didn't see us invading Iran, yet Iran was in Syria and all these other places, and Russia, they're, they're all, you know, providing weapons and training and all kinds of shit, I'm sure. We do the same thing. It's just fucking so weird, and it's so unethical. And yet we expect, you know, people, citizens, to abide by the rules that we, we establish, you know, the common man and woman. We're like plebeians. We're just the fucking, you know, peasants. And we're, we're subject to all these rules. When we break them, we can go to jail. We can get in trouble in various ways, get fined. And look what these nations do to each other. And what, look what they force us to do to other people, other human beings. 
not to mention the environment and the whole global ecosystem. It's really fucked up. I don't quite get it. I don't see why we do it, but... I mean, not to bum me out, there's nothing really motivating about this post. I guess I could say just in, uh, in closing, you know, integrity. Do the right thing whether somebody's watching or not. Just do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And hold yourself accountable. Hold everyone else accountable. We have to have some sort of civilization. You know, I, when I watch these shows like The Walking Dead or whatever, where civilization completely collapses and these societies, you know, they war and they, they get attacked by zombies and they try to grow their own food and, and survive in, in every way. And there are periods of relative peace where they can cobble together some sort of decent life behind walls with protection, with, you know with all the essentials of life to include agriculture and, uh, education everybody you know many hands making light work or people contributing to a common cause taking care of each other it's it's all it it reminds me of, of this world you know, I look at this, I'm sitting outside Lowe's, one of my favorite podcasting spots out in the far reaches of the parking lot. I see this facade, you know what, these buildings, you know, that they put up. You know, it doesn't look anything like that behind that big Lowe's. Looks like a, a peak of a, a roof for a house. And then you got a garden center over here and a nice blue and white, very, you know got their logo and, and this whole facade but you look look behind that facade and it's just a fucking just a rectangle made of cinder blocks and wood and metal I feel like our society is is very frail you know we put up these facades a lot though that everything is very stable and that oh, it's so good to be you know I can't wait to do this or do that, can't wait for the weekend, can't wait for my vacation, it's like these little, little brief periods of heaven, but everywhere in between that, there's, there's all kinds of precariousness, there's all kinds of pitfalls, and you see, you know, these days, especially when you, when you see what's going on, even in, in something as coveted and as, um, highly regarded as, the Olympics, that there's fierce competition and cheating and people just being out for themselves. They're not, you know, they fuck it up. Doesn't matter how fast you can run, you can ski down a fucking hill if you're cheating in order to improve your performance just a little bit so you can have a tiny edge over the rest of the guys or gals. All those hours of ice skating you put in since you were fucking two years old. All that training in multiple disciplines, skating, ballet, you name it. They fucking train her asses off. It's like her, her job, right? And she's got to take heart medications. It's like...
Anyway, it's weird. I've been thinking about that, and I go back to in, in closing about my uh, my patient who said, you know, yeah, I think everything's rigged these days. Is everything rigged? It doesn't. It doesn't leave me with a good feeling when when that is, you know, I hear somebody say that because of course a lot of us are thinking that is everything rigged? Is everything a facade? Is there anything real? Is there anyone who cares? And who stands up for, you know, for what is right, just for what is right. You know, I even look back and think back to my time in the Marine Corps. I did it. I mean, I got t-shirts, you know, pictures of me in t-shirt with American flag on that burn this one. Like, I believed in nationalism and, you know, America and, you know, mom and apple pie and all these things were worth fighting for going to train and do a super soldier because the rest of the world is just bad and we're we're good. We're the good guys. So I want to be a good guy. I want to be the strongest, fastest, smartest, but, you know, uh, most accurately shooting good guy you can find. I want to be a United States Marine. And I'm going to do the, I'm going to train to kill people who need killing, presumably. Only it's not my decision. There's no, uh, you know, we don't convene, we don't have a court case before you go off and, and you, uh, you kill this guy or, or that. You're just sent out to do it, to do the dirty work. And I've mentioned before how I feel that is that is like one of the main reasons why I got out of the, the Marine Corps is because I just saw through it. I saw the thing that it was that was an oversimplification and a convenient place for a soldier, a young testosterone-driven young man. Who's you know it was, they just made it easy for you. We're going to give you all the tools you need to go and kill this guy, and it's all going to be legal. It's like, uh, and I, I, and I, you know, watch the news and learn a little bit about history, and I see that you know we weren't always the good guys. And it bothered me that that there would ever be any question as to whether my actions would be just. I don't want to go out and kill people, hurt people, just so I can, you know, like it's some game. Like, I just got to survive, because then it just becomes survival, right? And it's about you and your guys, and I love that, right? It was, in a way, as I've said before, it was extremely, um, extremely good feeling being on the same team. And it's just like, hey, you know, if we ever go to combat, guys, it's us against the fucking world. And we're going to go home. You know, we're going to do whatever we can do to to take it to the enemy. And if, um, if there's any doubt that, you know, our lives are in jeopardy or the mission isn't going to be accomplished. We're just going to fucking destroy everything just to be able to go in there and just, you know, a license to, to just destroy. It's pretty cool to have that as a young man. Um, just because it was simple. It just suited the, you know, we were built for it, you know. And I realized that it was dumb. It was a very small-minded um, idea, very small idea that um, it wasn't realistic. It was ignorant. You know, I would like to have some say in, you know, of course you can't give people options, right? You just gotta, you know, hey, hey, who wants to go now? 
He trained you to kill. Now, who wants to go over there and do this? You might have a lot of people, a lot of takers. Might have some people don't want to do it, don't agree with whatever. So it don't matter what you think. You sign your life away. It's always been that way in the military, right? And horrible things can happen, and, you know, wars can be won, and, and justice can be had, but not always. I just didn't want to be part of that. Not long term. Like, there was a time where I did it, and I, I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. It's a big, been a big part of my life. The training, the discipline. That's I live for that shit, you know that. But, um... I also want try to operate with integrity. I feel like one of the things I got from the Marine Corps was that it's like your word. It's like a handshake. It's like, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to take this discipline, this motivation, and, you know, this work ethic, and I'm going to, I'm going to win in every situation. I, so I extrapolated a lot of my Marine Corps values to the civilian sector. And I think that's the, you know, phenomenal. It's the best thing I ever did. It gave me the confidence and, and, uh, to, to be able to do incredible things. It was also, um, you know, so I, I credit that experience with um, enabling me to do a lot of cool shit, being successful in life. But at some point in time, it was just time to move on, yeah? So this podcast was about integrity and about ethics and morals and um, different strata of our society where you see competition, survival playing out, and it just makes you ponder, makes you makes you think, makes me think. It's just so strange that this poor fucking figure skater has to be part of this mechanism just to win. She gets glory. I'm sure she gets a good life over in Russia. Famous. She's a beautiful girl. She's just only 15 years old. Fucking figure skating prodigy. She's probably got a lot going else going on, going for her in life. But um, that she would be part of this mechanism, this machine, just to win at all costs. All that innocence, all that capability, all that purity of working so hard and obtaining a goal. It's like she was built for this purpose, you know? And just due to the presence of some uh, chemicals in her system that may or may not have provided an advantage, but were certainly used with that intent, she's going to be, you know, she's not going to get her medal. And rightfully so. But, you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand miles away in Russia and in Ukraine, there's a, a war that might just break out. And that would be a shame. It would be fucking pointless. So people, the highest levels of our government, of our society, making these decisions, 
to put its citizenry in a very tough spot. People, people are going to die, potentially. There could be a lot of hardship. Could set off World War III. Strangely enough, I think there's, there are a lot of people who would not mind if there, were, were, there was a World War III. It's like we're addicted. It's like we're addicted to conflict. We love it. Fuck it, I'll do anything I can to win this medal. Yeah, give it to oh, you. Heart meds? Give it to me. Might help me oxygenate my heart better. Deliver oxygen to my cells. Fuel me. Give me more stamina, more endurance. Fuck it. Hey, there's land, there's access to the Black Sea, uh, there's whatever. Differences among us, we want to retake land we lost during World War One or World War Two. Fuck it. Just take it back. Let's just take it back. I know it's t 2022, and we're, you know, being attacked by this fucking virus. There's all kinds of other crazy shit going on. But let's just, you know, fuck it. Let's take this time. Let's take this land back. It's time for war. You know, and that war has never fucking solved anything. You imagine the people, you know, you, you try to take over a country these days. It's always been like this, but you're going to have people. Good luck trying to keep that land. You're going to have resistances that are going to rise up. You're going to have, you know, instability around that area uh, from other, you know, Poland and, and, and all these other areas. It's not going to be a peaceful, peaceful place. Is it time for war again? Fucking stupid, man. Time for people to think better and to do the fucking right thing, you goddamn fools. On every level of our society. And we need to do it, so do it, you fucks. Alright, I'm going into Lowe's. <laughs>